You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, episode 32, a plethora of comic-related news. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 32 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hey, Brian. Lots of little things to talk about today. One thing I did want to bring up, and this was an article I shared with you the other day. During the production of Wonder Woman 1984, Gal Gadot took a break from filming. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're filming in D.C., and she took a break to go to a children's hospital in full costume and visited everyone, which I thought was pretty cool. It is. Stars actually cosplaying <laughs> their own characters is brilliant and going to see kids. And uh, I love it. I, I love those videos of seeing, you know, Johnny Depp do Captain Jack in a hospital and Tom Holland do Spider-Man. It's so exciting. Oh, yeah. I know some people will say, well, you know, hey, the Marvel, a lot of the actors have dressed up. And and yeah, that is, that's definitely true. I think... For me, why this was a big deal, number one, because it was a great thing to do, but it's not something that I'm used to seeing DC characters mm-hmm. do. And and I can understand that to some degree. If Batman shows up, I think the kids would be more scared than anything else. Maybe. With the way they portray those characters, because they do try to play them darker, etc., mm-hmm. etc. But really... Seeing Gal Gadot do this, regardless of what issues you may have with the DC comics and with the comic book movies, I think Gal Gadot gets it. I think Patty Jenkins gets it because taking the time to go in costume and visit sick kids, Mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful. And I think that's what all this should be about. And worrying about coming up with some gritty way of portraying these characters and making them more adult, you don't have to do that. I think they definitely get it. I think being able to not only shoot really good movies, but be able to do that kind of an outreach, I think, just kind of shows why, to my mind, Wonder Woman is that gem in the DC Cinematic Universe. Not to say that they can't make a course correction, but this definitely shows how Wonder Woman leads the way in the DC Cinematic Universe, certainly. And what gets me so excited is, as a cosplayer, these kids in the hospital, there's a chance they aren't going to get to a Comic-Con. They aren't going to get to meet someone like this. And I've visited hospitals dressed as Cinderella and getting that glee in children's eyes who may never get to go to Disney World to meet Cinderella. It's amazing. And I'm so, so in awe of her. Well, I'm certainly glad to see Gal Gadot do this outreach, and I'm hoping that we'll see more of that on the DC side of things. I think that it can't help but be positive, Mm -hmm. certainly. Now also, and this is another article that I shared with you, the other day, is they've released a teaser mm-hmm. poster for Walking Dead. Dead, yes. And there were a lot of things on that poster that I noticed. One of them, of course, is Maggie has longer hair, which I figure that has a lot to do with, well, she's going to be doing a new series. They're not going to want her with that haircut. Mm-hmm. And so she's had to grow it out. And they're not going to let her cut it just for what's probably going to be half a season and she'll be gone. So, And the new showrunner is saying things like there's going to be a time jump. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what the the long hair meant, time jump. 
So mm-hmm. at this point, I guess we are going to, to see Maggie's child mm-hmm. and how they're going to deal with that. We've talked about that before. I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly how that's going to work out, but I guess we'll see. We just have our hopes. The other thing, of course, we notice is Rick looks different. He's more groomed. Doesn't have that wild man beard and haircut. I mean, his haircut is almost... Militant, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was going to say it looks a little more like Shane's. And of course, we talked about this before. Shane is going to be making a some sort of a cameo in this mm-hmm. new season. The two big things about this poster was, number one, the location. Our characters are standing in the Washington. ruins of Washington, Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if they're going to be fast-forwarding to the New World Order storyline with the uh, comics. Although, in the comics, they've never visited Washington, D.C. at all. Basically, them stepping away from the comics. And I think perhaps that's being done on purpose so that They don't feel the need to maintain continuity, which at this point is going to be next to impossible because you have a bunch of major characters, Carl, Rick, Maggie, they're going to be gone. And so I think at this point, they've basically thrown in the towel and said, we can't keep up with the continuity of this comic at this point. So why bother? Let's just just go out and do our own thing. Completely different. Yeah. And so they may pull some things from the comic, like New World Order. They may bring in the Whisperers. I don't know. It's very possible. But at this point, all bets are off as far as where the storyline's going to go. Now, of course, the other thing that you notice, if you look really carefully on that poster, is we see the helicopter. I did not notice that. Yeah, the helicopter is back. And so we've seen it a couple of times already. So apparently we will get an answer to what does this helicopter mean? Is What is it about? What's going on here? Since we haven't gotten any kind of answer so far about it. And as I said before, it's just kind of weird, I think, that Rick saw this helicopter and didn't think to mention that to anybody, as if that's not really that big of a deal. Obviously, it's a mm-hmm. huge deal in this point. But still, it looks like we're at least going to step into this new world. It looks like we are going to see the world of The Walking Dead expand a little bit more. I mean, mm-hmm. that was certainly the theme of the last couple of seasons with Negan and the Saviors. You're getting to see all these different outposts. So the the story's expanding, and certainly this is going to be an attempt to expand the story even further. And the show's going to start back up in October, according to the poster. And so I'm sure once that starts up again, we'll have something to talk about. Right. We'll bring back What the Dead. I know last week we talked about Harlan Ellison passing away. And unfortunately, we have to report another major genre death. And that, of course, is Steve Ditko. He, with... Stan Lee helped create a great deal of the iconic things of Marvel Comics. He created Spider-Man's suit, a lot of the look of Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. He created that 60s trippy kind of vibe is what Steve Ditko brought to everything. Him and Stan Lee, I think, really were the two people that brought Marvel Comics to prominence and gave us a lot of the wonderful things that we enjoy today. And not just in Marvel Comics. Steve Ditko did go over to DC, and he created the New Gods. Oh, really? Which, yes, wow. which is where we get Darkseid. Of course, without Darkseid, without that character, you don't have Marvel being able to rip off, <clears throat> I'm sorry, able to <laughs> tribute Darkseid by creating Thanos. Oh, so, uh, look at you, you Marvel fanboy, uh, are suddenly, <laughs> you know, defending DC and saying they did it first. Well, and <laughs> well, you know what? The calendar doesn't lie. <laughs> There's some things Marvel has created that DC did first, no question. Mm-hmm. But going back to Steve Ditko, he was 90 years old. We've lost a seminal voice 
also, since we're on the, I think this is going to be a comic book uh, edition of Geek Watch mm-hmm. because it's like we've been talking about comic books. I'm about ready to mention something else comic booky. Okay. Because I got to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, nice. And I know you haven't had a chance to see it yet. No. Mm-mm. I think it's still a little bit too early to do a heavy spoiler review. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that particularly. But I do want to mention a couple things. And I think maybe if you do get the chance to see it in the next week or two, we might be able to do one of those reviews. I think there'll be enough time okay. that to pass that we can maybe talk spoilers and it won't be too bad. But I will say one thing about this film. I have seen a lot of reviews, which I avoided uh, until I'd seen it. I didn't watch any of the reviews. But I thought what was really interesting is... Some of the reviews have not been all that positive, Hmm. but I do have to say that a lot of the points that a lot of these, well, I'm not going to say they're like 100% negative, people hated this film, but there's points where people said, well, this didn't work, this didn't work, etc. And what I find interesting is, at least in my opinion, a lot of those views, I think, are completely off base and wrong. Hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that our last two Marvel movies have been epic Mm -hmm. in a huge scale. Yes. Black Panther, an epic film. Infinity War, oh my God, how epic. Epic of epics. A hugely epic film. Mm -hmm. And this film is a lot smaller. It's a more intimate film. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people mention, you know, it's it's a small film. It doesn't have the oomph the other two. Because that's what they were expecting. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. and this is one of the reasons why I think that although the Marvel Cinematic Universe has inspired a lot of other studios to come up with their own cinematic worlds, I think this is the reason why pretty much everybody else has not been successful with it, is because I think Kevin Feige gets the idea of texture, and I think that he's not trying to knock it out of the park every time. Honestly, for me, yes, Ant-Man and the Wasp is, pardon the pun, a smaller story. Uh But I think it needs to be. I think especially with... The fact that after these two epic movies, we need a change of pace Mm -hmm. because we still have, I'd say, a little bit over a year before we're going to get the next Avengers film. Now, Captain Marvel has just finished wrapping, Mm -hmm. and so we'll be seeing that the first part of next year. But, of course, this is the end of our Marvel films for the year, or at least for... At least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We still have Into the Spider-Verse coming up toward the end of the year, but... The thing about it is, we need the change of pace. Well, and it's still the number one film in the world, so whether the, all these reviews are saying whether they like it or not, it's still number one. That is true, no no question. And, but, yes, even a number one film can have its flaws. I have to say, I think the second movie is better than even the first one. Oh, I you haven't know? got to see the first one yet, either. See, we got to get you caught I up know. now. Yes. It's like, you're going to, pad geek, pad mm-hmm. geek. But, Excuse me, Mister has never seen one season of Supernatural, so well, let's not hear it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I could add to that. You know, I haven't seen any of Game of Thrones. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> that I haven't seen, but uh, but uh, yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you caught up. Mm-hmm. I mean, after that, and then we got to get you through all of Peter Capaldi's Doctor right. Who. Good mm-hmm. Lord, we got to get you caught up because mm-hmm. things are changing. Jodie Whittaker's coming up. Exactly. So you've got to. We got to get you at least caught up there. But getting back to. Ant-Man and the Wasp, yes, it's a smaller movie, but it needed to be a smaller movie. That's why I don't have a problem with it. And I know some people weren't that fond of the villain because, well, you know, it's not a big threat like Thanos. Well, no, it's not. But what I really enjoyed about the villain, Ghost, and like I said, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of spoilers, but it's going 
along that same line as we've had with Eric Killmonger and even Thanos, where we're getting villains that you do understand why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. And Ghost is one of those types of villains. I mean, she's she's kind of a villain, but she kind of isn't. You get what she's why she's doing what she's doing. She has a really, really good reason for it. And the problem basically is you have two ticking clocks competing with each other. They're basically trying to accomplish two different goals, but they need the same thing to do it. And if one person manages to accomplish their goal, the other one's not going to be able to. That's the conflict. But she's not trying to take over the world. She's not trying to destroy anyone. She has a, a legit need, and she's dealing with it in the, the only way really she knows how to do it. And so it makes sense. Yes, she's a smaller villain. She's not a huge global threat. But she's the perfect villain for the size of story they're telling. I think if you would have gone with a bigger threat, story doesn't work for me. I think that the movie, it's not too big. It's not too small. It's just right. Just right. And that was it for me, is I think that especially in this line of storytelling, where we are in the timeline, it's exactly the type of story that we need at this point. After the universal horror that was Infinity War, Mm -hmm. we need something that is a little more intimate, Mm -hmm. I think. And not to say that what has happened in the world outside doesn't affect the story. It does. I, I don't, like I said, I don't want to go into spoilers, but I will say, and this was something I mentioned in my Stardust review of the movie, and I'm going to say it again in case there's somebody out there who isn't aware of this, and it surprises me that in 2018 I have to say this, but folks, stay for the credits. <laughs> Set back down. And especially, I will, like I said, I'm not going to do any spoilers this time. Especially with the mid credit scene, it sets up a lot of stuff. Okay. And it, it certainly puts Scott in a bad way. And mm. makes you wonder, okay, well, what next? So, mm-hmm. so it definitely has that aspect to it. So, yeah, I mean, stay for the credit, folks. Right. I mean, honestly, why, why, why would you not stay for the credit? So, well... I think that should do it for this week's broadcast. We've talked a lot of uh, comic book stuff. Of course, next week we can start making some predictions because next Thursday is the start of Comic-Con. Oh, San Diego. Okay. San Diego Mm -hmm. Comic-Con. So Big stuff. Big stuff. Some possible things that are going to happen, and certainly we can make our predictions and thoughts on what might happen. We'll definitely talk about that next week. So. With that said, we come to the end of episode 32 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there that we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the GeekWatch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The GeekWatch podcast is a Hanging J production. <laughs>